deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. And so that'll make it a 4-0 ballgame. Welcome to the Bowder's Box. My name is Dave Guadrelli. I'm joined, as always, by Mike Liu. What's been going on in baseball lately? Let's take a look. The Cincinnati Reds, who everybody's talking about. We've talked about them on the last four episodes. Four of our five episodes have been about Cincinnati Reds. Actually, our first episode was titled Ellie De La Cruz is here, and so are we. The Reds still sit first in the NL Central, and we'll start there because they were on this ridiculous win streak, and then they drop some games to the Baltimore Orioles, and everybody's saying, okay, same old Reds. You know, they lose two out of three against the Braves. There was that best game ever, I think, the best game of the regular season so far, for sure, on Friday, and we broke that down on the last episode, but they lose the next two games to the Braves, then they lose the series opener to the Orioles, Win the next game on Tuesday, recording this on Wednesday. The rubber match is still yet to come. So we will see what the Reds do, but I want to talk about the team as a whole again because they still sit first in the NL Central. But Mike, I want to ask you off the top, are you buying what the Cincinnati Reds are selling? I would, I'd still, I'm still pretty bullish on them making it, uh, on the taking the division title. I mean, They've shown that they can piece together wins, and this team, it, it, it's good. They're going to go through rough patches. I think that's what you have to expect, especially with a team with as much of a youth movement as the Reds are experiencing these days. I, I just, I see them becoming maybe not as streak, like maybe not another twelve game win streak, but they're going to be a solid team. They're going to be a consistent team, and I think that's what's going to get them across the line as division winners. That being said, um, the rest of the the division it, they're picking it up. Like we, we remember when Milwaukee was one of the coldest teams in all of Major League Baseball. They're six and four in the last ten, and they're only half a game back of the Cincinnati now. Uh, the Cubs are seven and three in their last seven and three in their last ten. They're on a two game slide, but um, they're only three and a half games back of Cincinnati as well. So I think the division race is. Uh, it's tightening up a lot more than I probably would have first thought, but I still think that the Reds, I'm still pretty confident that the Reds will be making it to the postseason as long as they remain consistent. When we look at this team, we kind of see, like, like, like the reason that I'm a little bit bullish on the Reds, and I know I flip-flop on them quite a bit, but the reason I'm a little bit bullish is because they look like a team to me that really needs a starter like they need to go get some starting pitching Andrew Abbott is going to be very good it looks like for he's already very good yeah he's already been very very good for them uh 4-0 record with a 1.21 ERA don't know if he'll come back down to earth at some point but these are ridiculous numbers we're seeing from the young red starter still though like you look at the rest of that rotation and I see a lot of question marks like Nick Lodolo wasn't very good before he went down Hunter Green's been hit or miss I just I look at the rotation and I see them kind of in a position where they need to go get someone at the deadline if they want to keep this up because here's the thing Mike is like we're talking about them with this 42 and 38 record and that's after they had a month where everything just went right for them like the month of June has been very very friendly to the Cincinnati Reds To put it into perspective a little bit, and you just talked about the NL Central starting to get better around them with the Brewers and now the Cubs even. To put it into perspective, 
If the Reds were in the NL East, they would be behind the Philadelphia Phillies and in fourth place in the NL East. If they were in the AL Central, they'd be doing fantastic. They'd be winning the division. (laughs) (laughs) But the AL West, that's another division where the Reds would literally be in fourth place. Still better than the Mariners, but they would be in fourth place in the AL West. And don't get me started on the AL East. The Reds would be dead last in the AL East if they replaced Boston. They'd be in uh, fifth if there was six teams in the AL East because they're still better than the Boston Red Sox. But, like... We're probably at some point here going to talk about the Toronto Blue Jays' struggles, right? Like their overall struggles. The Blue Jays have a better record than the Reds, and we're like two days out from July 1st. So we're not talking about the Jays in this great manner, but we are talking about the Reds here because they might be able to win a pretty weak division for the most part. But like like you just said a couple times, (laughs) the division's going to get better. Like like the teams that were kind of... scuttling along while the Reds were skyrocketing and having the best month of their season, those teams are going to even out. Like, like that's what's going to happen. So with teams starting to, you know, hot streaks are going to come and go. I don't know how long the Reds is going to last for. Because keep in mind, those two games they lost to the Braves, they only lost by one run, right? Yeah. So, you know, that to me, that looks like a team that just needs reinforcements. But Look, I don't, I don't know if the Reds are going to slug their way to an NL Central title, and I just, I don't think they have the pitching to do it. <laughs> I, I agree. I think they, uh, there's a lot of rotation pieces that will be available at the deadline. Um, you look at all the teams around the, all the teams around the league that are struggling, and you look at some of their second, third starters, and you, you think that they can fit very nicely within Cincinnati's rotation, just looking at them alone, like. Take uh, Giolito, for example. Um, I mean, the White Sox don't look like they're going to make too much noise. I mean, um, I know they're six games back, and it's a weak AL Central, but if they were to sell him for some assets, if they were to sell him for some assets, which I think is very likely, I think he'd be instantly, like, I I think he'd be instantly Cincinnati's third best starter. That's just just how I feel. Um, And... I think the same story is true. There's the story that um, Scherzer is willing to waive his no trade clause, uh, no trade clause. So he's he's might be on the move as well. That's a that's a piece. That's a veteran veteran piece that would be very, really very useful for the Reds if they really wanted to pick him up. Um, that could be that could be another viable option. I think there's a lot of options that they can explore on the market. It's just a matter of if they'll do it uh, at all because we know that Cincinnati. Isn't known for having the great, uh, the highest payrolls, and you just think about. Let's just say Scherzer's contract is uh, is a hefty one. Paul Blackburn, maybe that's the guy who's moved at the deadline. Like that, that's oh, someone that, that you could probably buy pretty low on. He he's brought yeah. a lot of stability to a rather shaky Oakland A's rotation. He <laughs> rather shaky. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> he hasn't lost <laughs> a lot of quality starts this year, but. He's a guy that can consistently go five innings, and look, the Reds could definitely use one of those, right? Like, they, they could use more of those. Yeah. They've got Andrew Abbott, but like I said, it, it, with with young players, you do not know when, the, when it's going to fall off for them, because it's going to happen. Like, every young player goes through ups and downs, and look, it's been a lot of ups. It's been a lot of ups for Andrew Abbott, but you look at the rest of that start that starting rotation, like... 
Like Graham Ashcraft, for example, he started the season so hot. Like he looked like he was going to be, you know, he was going to become an ace for them. He goes seven innings in his first start of the year, looked unstoppable after that, you know, consistently going six innings. For the month of June, he has not gotten out of the fourth inning once. Or excuse me, he has not gotten past the fourth inning once. He's logged four innings. That's the most he's logged in the month of June through his three starts in June. So, you know, that doesn't really scream stability to me. Like, you need to have some stabling force in that rotation. I just don't think the Reds have it right now. And, like, I brought up bullpen arms on the last episode, right? Like, you know, Scott Barlow, our world is Chapman, two guys from the Royals that are going to be available at the deadline. Go out and get one of those guys. Like, you have to at this point. If If you're the Reds and you want to not spend a ton, go get a Paul Blackburn. Go get... You know, go get one of these guys that's just going to help you, you know, a, a rental. Go get rentals. That's that's what this team needs, right? Like, they need to go out and fortify this team. I, I understand you don't want to break the bank and you're not going to go out and get someone who you're going to have to extend right away and that you're expecting to stick around with your team for a long time. But, you know, if these guys keep winning, show them that you believe in them. That That's what I think, at least. I, I completely agree. Um. I kind of want to diverge on the topic of the pitching stability. Um, talk a, a team that had their pitching working uh, last night was the Toronto Blue Jays. What they didn't have working was was literally everything else. <laughs> they got they got struck out seventeen times against the San San Francisco Giants. And the Giants didn't issue a single walk. They um, Gosman pitched a gem, but. Like we we saw we saw yesterday as well. Manoa gets lit up for eleven earned eleven earned run no eleven earned, ten earned runs eleven earned, eleven earned runs sorry ten hits eleven earned the fact that I, the fact that I'm confusing that is saying a lot about how bad it is down in the down in the rookie ball. But are the Jays sellers? Uh, or do we think the Jays will be sellers at the deadline? Oh man. Um... It, it, it's getting to that point, right? Like where we're saying, okay, well, they have a winning record. They're looking good there, but... 10 games back. <laughs> yeah. 10 games back. 10 games back. Like, are, are is this team going to make the playoffs? I really don't know. Like, I, I really don't know. So, sellers, I think that might be a little bit much because I think at worst, this team's going to kind of ride it out with this core and kind of run it back. I don't think they're going to... Like, like, what, what does this team need? Like, like, what's the shakeup that this team needs? Tell me. Like, do you have I, an answer? It, it's hard because we we know that they need better bullpen arms, and like that's just the same drum we've been banging on. We we know that they need better end of the rotation options. Like, they have two two and a half pitchers. I want to say that are consistent because Kikuchi at any point could fall off a cliff. I, I love Kikuchi. He's been one of the the most consistent starters for Toronto this season. I don't know if he rides it out. Barrios has been having a rough go. Bassett and Gosman have been basically the workhorses of the rotation, and I don't think that's a recipe for success. So you need at least one more one more starting pitcher in that mix. And that was supposed to be Manoa, but Manoa gets lit up for 11 earned runs in rookie ball. <laughs> um, and then the offense, I mean, you, I, I get it. San Francisco has been one of the hottest teams since May onwards. They've done it very subtly, very quietly. Um, they're just on on a great run. Has them still has them only sitting in second in the NL West because NL West is um, 
is a dogfight in and of itself. But you you got to be able to score runs. Like with with an offense that with an offense that the Jays are reputed to have, you can't be struck out 17 times with a single without a single walk. Like that's just that's that's just a shitty offense. Do you want to talk? Do you want to talk about uh, Alec Manoa? Alec Manoa's uh, <laughs> big day in the Florida Complex League. <laughs> big day! Oh my God! I it's I everyone's like there were something. It's understandable that he'll have rough outings, and like especially if the if the pitching coach's pitching staff wants him to work. Um, wants him to work on specific areas in the zone like just fire it like uh, just fire fastballs high and inside or something like that it's understandable because like in rookie ball basically like they have zero plate discipline they're just gonna try and hit everything that comes their way and they're just taking wild hacks at it it's understandable but at the same time (laughs) you are a pitcher that has earned Cy Young votes you are a pitcher that was in the major leagues literally a month ago, and like we can talk about how poor it is. You're playing good, seventeen to twenty year olds. I eleven earned runs, ten hits, and there was also another tweet I saw like, oh, maybe the defense doesn't have that. Most of his outs were ground outs. Like this guy had two strikeouts, all like over across two point two innings. Most of his outs was thanks to his defense. So I I don't I just don't understand like. It might not. It probably isn't as big of a deal as people think it is, but it's still pretty concerning that he's giving up eleven earned runs in his first actual start in rookie ball. Uh, the thing is, like, even if you want to make the defense argument, which every reporter in Toronto seems to want to do, um, when you're a big league pitcher or you're supposed to be a big league pitcher, these balls shouldn't be put in play. Like, these guys shouldn't be hitting you. There shouldn't be that many balls put in play that, one, are clearly hard contact, because if your defenders aren't getting them, like, the guys in in rookie ball, they're not missing routine pop-ups. They're not missing a lot of routine ground balls. Like, these are clearly hard-hit balls that are getting past guys, and it's not their fault, for the most part. Like, if you're a big league pitcher, these balls should not be getting put in play. It is as simple as that. And when you have a tagline like that... You know, John Schneider can say whatever he wants. Jay's fans, Jay's reporters, for whatever reason, can say whatever they want. That was not a good start by any means. And there's no... You know, I, I'm not even willing willing to listen to the argument of, oh, they were working on stuff. Because one, I've heard people, you know, closer to the situation than I am, say that, yeah, no, that really wasn't the case. Like, it's not like he was working on a ton of new things and he's changed himself completely. Like, no, this this is the same guy that was getting tagged at the MLB level. He's getting now tagged in the Florida Complex League. Is there a chance that we see him with the Vancouver Canadians? Like, at this point, I was thinking, you know, he would go to the Complex League, log a couple good starts bring him up AAA, I now think, after a start like this, that, no, it's actually going to be working your way through the minor league system at each level. Like, maybe he gets the call right to AA, but I could see him getting the call to high A first and, like, going to Vancouver. Yeah. I could see it. I, I think that might actually be decent because at the high A level, I, 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 think, I think Manoa really needs to figure out I, people always harp on his conditioning, how he's showing up like with, uh, with a heavier weight than usual, um, to training camp. I think that working his way up through the system will allow him to 
just find re refine what made him great in the first place as well as possibly getting adjusted and getting used getting that conditioning back because I, I I think high a baseball is not it's not it's not as bad as people think it is that's I I genuinely believe that the Canadians are play a very very good level of baseball and it could be something that he, he would need to get used to I mean, if he's getting, if he's posting eleven earned runs, ten hits, two homers, and with only st three strikeouts, I think that he should. It, it might be like, oh, he'll work his way up to Vancouver, then New Hampshire, then Buffalo. I think the Jays shouldn't be in a rush to get him back into the uh, back into the majors. It it just doesn't make sense for his development. It doesn't make sense for this team right now, and I I I, I can see him realistically in Vancouver. I. That's this long-winded, long-winded rant to get to this point, but he needs to have as much game exposure as possible away from the MLB. Because if this is what we're seeing in the Florida Florida Complex League, we need to seriously just temper our expectations and probably expect Manoa to come back in twenty twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, like. I, I feel like the best case scenario is he comes back and he's bullpen help <laughs> toward the end of the year, right? Like I don't think this guy's starting games uh, in the big. But leagues. what if he? What if he becomes Nate Pearson? Like I, I think that's almost a worst case, or not worst case, but like that, that would really suck if Manoa goes from earning Cy Young votes to becoming a Nate Pearson who can barely earn innings. It would hurt the Jays. I can tell you that much because if you recall correctly, Nate Pearson came in and was supposed to be this this big big thing like he was gonna be great and this was the year after Manoa was drafted by the Jays so Manoa was still not really a known commodity like he had pitched in Vancouver he did well in the minors but you know it was Nate Pearson like that was all the talk of Sportsnet like Nate Pearson was the talk of the town and then he comes in and he struggles and he lands on the IL and then he lands on the IL again and everybody kind of forgot about Nate Pearson now he's developed as a pretty solid bullpen arm if we're being honest so Nate Pearson has value but for Manoa he came in and basically took all the attention away from Nate Pearson and onto himself because he was really good. Like, he, he was really good when Nate Pearson was supposed to be really good, right? Like, Manoa came out of nowhere. No, not, not everybody expected him to kind of come in, um, you know, kind of post-pandemic there and dominate the way he did. And we saw him dominate. So, look, this, this season for Manoa has been very, very disappointing. I don't know if I'm ready to call him Nate Pearson yet. Like, you have to think that there's something there for him to become a starter long-term in the big leagues, but he's got to figure it out. Like, he's got to figure out the control. Yeah, it's 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 a troubling situation with Manoa, and I don't think there's a right answer just yet. Like, I think we're still going to be kind of waiting to see what the future has for Manoa. For sure. And even with all of this, somehow... Toronto is only half a game away from the Yankees in third in the AL East, half a game back of the wild card spot. Uh, I think that's more so how bad the Yankees have been versus the Jays being like versus the Jays being actually any good. You want to talk about them? Yankees falling yesterday two to one to the Oakland Athletics, who pick up their twenty first win of the season. Uh, and Paul Woo! Blackburn, Paul Blackburn pitched pretty well there. Paulie Punchout pitched pretty well. Um, you want to talk about it? You go ahead. You you've got a lot of stuff on the Yankee struggles oh, this month. Oh my god, the Yank. I mean, you said it as well, Quads. They're a completely different team without Judge, and 
<laughs> I, I mean, yes, teams rely on their superstars, and like you have Acuna who been ripping it up for the Braves, and the Braves are seeing a lot of success because of it, but the Braves aren't just Acuna, whereas the Yankees appear to be literally just, uh, literally just Judge, because this team is batting below the Mendoza line in June. They have scored the lowest runs in June. They... I, 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 there was another tweet where Stanton is basically batting just over uh, over a hundred. Like <laughs> this team is bad, <laughs> and I, I don't think many people expected them to be as bad as they are without Judge. Like obviously they would have seen an offensive decline, but not below the Mendoza level decline. And it is pretty. It, it's pretty funny if you're a Jays fan. Because like you're you're still in the wild card mix, you can still you still have a realistic shot at the postseason because the Yankees have been dog shit, and I I don't think there's many people that really feel bad for the Yankees. I I think that this is a welcome development, and it's honestly honestly like what what must the panic levels be like for the pinstripes right now? I think pretty high, but. You look at it, and we, we've talked about kind of this era of Yankees baseball, and I want to look at it from that bigger picture where those teams we saw before that dominated, they had that homegrown talent, right? And the Yankees kind of missed the mark on that. Yeah. And it, it's, I don't want to say it's their fault because they, they picked up the guys, but think of think of who, who the Yankees thought that next era was going to be, right? Like, they thought it was going to be Gary Sanchez. They thought it was going to be Glaber Torres, who was going to be this world beater for them. You know, at, at one point, Greg Bird was someone the Yankees thought was going to be, like, a core piece for them, right? And the only one that's really hit is Aaron Judge. And now Aaron Judge is down, <laughs> and we're seeing Billy McKinney, who used to play for the Jays and was, like, a bench <laughs> piece for the Jays. We're seeing Harrison Bader, these guys who aren't, aren't really spectacular players by any means. And the Yankees are like relying on them. And I think we're just seeing the effects of that. Like the Yankees are not a great team. They have the corpse of Josh Donaldson, right? Like, and and I know he scored for them yesterday, but this Yankees team is not like the Yankees teams that we've seen in the past, right? Like, like they have DJ LeMahieu who again, is not getting any younger. They go out and get Anthony Rizzo. That helps them. Giancarlo Stanton, you just said it, has been struggling immensely. Jake Bowers isn't an everyday MLB player. Like, he sh- he might be on the Oakland A's, but he shouldn't be for the New York Yankees. <laughs> like, you want to preach this level of excellence that you have as an organization. I'm not seeing it right now with the Yankees. That's just all it comes down to is I'm, I'm just not seeing it right now with the Yankees. Like, this isn't the Yankees that you know, gets to be that team that that everybody is saying, okay, well, this is a perennial contender every single year because they spend and they do all the right things. Like, yeah, Carlos Rodon being out all season so far has definitely not helped. But the lineup, like the lineup is the main thing that I look at and say, yeah, other than Judge, I don't really see anybody that really gets you going and gets you thinking, oh, wow, like this is this is going to be the driving force of our offense. It's Judge. And there's not much else after Judge. And now that he's down with this toe injury that he got by running through a wall, keep in mind, 
now they're they're really struggling. I I think that the Yankees have been a victim of the mindset that they can always outspend their problems. Like there people are die historically and still it still remains somewhat true today. People are dying to play in the Yankees uniform, dying to play in Yankee Stadium. The mystical allure, the um, the attraction of playing for such a historic f- franchise in the Big Apple with all the all, all the banners, all the World Series, all the legends that came before you. I mean, people people dream of playing for the Yankees, and I, I, I can see, I can absolutely see why. But that essentially cheapens the value of developing their own developing their own prospects and they still have a decent system but it's nowhere near what uh, it's nowhere near what would take them to be sustainable like uh, produce a sustainable level of success at the MLB level I just don't see them having enough prospects that they're able to promote easily I mean we saw Volpe but he's only one out of how many um and it's just that mindset where they they used to be able to just easily just outbid outspend every other team in the majors but now that's not even the case like you have like we can talk about how the Padres the Mets they're struggling but they, they can outspend the Yankees Boston can outbid them for free agents now um and you were seeing Tampa Bay with less payroll than the Yankees they're able to find more they're able to find players that can break out for them that are willing to stick out that w- are willing to stick around uh, we're seeing Baltimore coming out of a rebuild in their own division, or um, I, I shouldn't—I—I I want to say coming out of rebuild because wow, they're playing some really good baseball. Um, but yeah, like the Yankees aren't able to achieve success in the same way they have achieved success in the past, and I think that's something that they need to come to terms with and really fo- refocus on how do we make a good ball club sustainable. Yeah, and look, we don't have the answer. We don't have the answers right now but what they're doing is not working and the Yankees need to change it up uh okay around the league here is there anything else you want to touch on like any any hot teams I I I talked crap about the Orioles um because I was saying my Mariners are going to take them after winning 10 to 2 uh the Mariners are just uh, like it's got to be near the end eating shit they lose in extras last night to the Washington Nationals in the series opener Logan Gilbert who's been incredibly inconsistent um, is back on the mound today, and excuse me, I misspoke. It was two losses, uh, the first two games of that series against the Nationals that the Mariners lost. Now they have a third game coming up here, but uh, it's not been good. It has not been good for the Seattle Mariners so far. So, look, like, I don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> I don't know I, where I don't the Seattle Mariners go from here. Like, yeah. it, 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 it's hard. It, it, obviously, you shouldn't expect that they'll take wins off of the Orioles, but it'd be nice to see them, or not uh, Orioles, sorry, against uh, Washington. But it'd be nice to beat up on a team that is currently 31-48, 21 games back of, you know, granted, it's the Braves. The Braves are kind of insane, but they're 15 games back of Miami in second, too. Like, Washington's not good. Seattle should be able to get some pretty good wins out of that, and they just haven't executed. Um... I don't know. I don't know where the I don't know where the Mariners are supposed to go from here. Yeah, I don't have many answers. Padres season's over. I don't want to talk about the Padres ever again on this show until <laughs> they start to look like an actual baseball team. Uh, because there's yeah, they're all over the place. I'm not even going to bring it up anymore. Yeah. I don't want to talk about the Padres anymore. Uh, the Mets, Max Scherzer, big deadline uh, trade chip. It looks like. 
for, for whichever team can afford his contract because there's not many around the league that can do it. But holy fuck, the Mets are bad at baseball. <laughs> They're 3-7 in their last 10. I mean, yeah, they beat Milwaukee. Um, all thanks to Brandon Nimmo popping off. But holy shit, how is this team this bad? Who would want Max Scherzer? Like, I know that's crazy to say, but yeah, that price tag, you you just said it. Like, do the Yankees go out and get Max Scherzer? Or does that only I honestly think the Yankees... The Yankees, it wouldn't be an answer to their problems. It'd just be another... Because realistically, it's Garrett Cole pulling along uh, Domingo Herman. Um, That's... I I don't... That's pretty much it. Like, the Yankees' rotation is kind of meh. They can use any bit of firepower that they can get so i think scherzer they're one of the only teams that would can afford scherzer and that would actually benefit from having scherzer rodon's this, uh, throwing again like rodon's back on track i to I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it though like i don't think rodon is going to be back at the same capacity that he was before he went down didn't he say the injury was uh chronic or congenital with what it was like it was it a chronic or congenital a congenital like the hold on yeah, like, well, isn't isn't it a recurring issue? I have no that? idea. I honestly have no idea. I just know he didn't want to throw for a long time, and he just yeah. like he was passing tests, and then said like, "Yeah, I still don't feel right." So, but like, you remember this team went out and got Frankie Montas last year. Like, yep. they they lost out on Luis Castillo. How's it going, Yankees? Mariners fan here. Um, but then they, <laughs> you know, they go out and get Frankie Montas, who was arguably the second best pitcher on the market at last year's trade yeah. deadline. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know what this team needs. Cause yeah, like, I don't know. He has, a, been hit or he has a, this guy has a 6.35 ERA. What? <laughs> Montas has just doubled his ERA from last year in Oakland. Yeah. Well, oh my yeah, God. I don't know when he's going to make starts again. Like, I honestly, I don't yeah. even know when his timetable is. But, okay, um, so Mets, Yankees, we've discussed them. Is there any team Do we, we want to talk about? To? I, I mean, I, I know this is probably like the, we've talked about Otani every single episode. But this man literally almost put up a full win by himself. With his pitching and pitching and batting combined, he had a 0. 0.4, uh, 0.4 WAR for pitching, 0. 0.4 WAR for his batting. What? What the fuck? <laughs> that is crazy. That is unbelievable to see. Um, he became the first AL pitcher in nearly 60 years to homer twice and strike out 10 batters. <laughs> you said it. Like he legitimately won that game for his team last night, and now. Second in the AL West are those Los Angeles Angels. And look, oh my, my White God. Sox are really scuttling along. Liam Hendricks is, is down again. It's just horrible to see. Um, but yeah, like you, the, the LA Angels are five games back of first place in the AL West. I, I don't know what there's meant to do. Like we, talk, we can talk about how they should trade Otani. They should be selling because this team probably won't be able to see so much uh, so much success. But oh my god, is it fun to see Otani play baseball? And I, I don't know. Angels Red just is very fitting for him. Oh, like it, it, it's incredible when you have the league, the AL, uh, the AL's leader in home runs pitching to the AL second place in home runs and just beating the absolute shit out of him it is insane what he's doing it is it's crazy like (laughs) we're running out of words to describe it because of how good he really is and 
Look, we're one episode here, one episode we're going to put together trade packages for Shohei Otani, and it's not going to be today. Like, it's not going to be nope. today, but this team might not trade him. I, I, I don't know if they're going to trade him, and it's going to get more and more interesting as the uh, trade deadline approaches. But uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. I don't have anything else. Otani's ridiculous. That's going to be a weekly topic on this show. The Padres suck. We're probably going to try not to talk about them much more. I don't really oh, know what else Sanchez. to say. Like, I, I think that's about it for the for Major League yep. Baseball right now. We'll see kind of what happens heading into the weekend because our next episode we'll do one on Friday, uh, maybe Saturday. We'll we'll see what we do this uh, this weekend. But for now, we'll close it out. It was a it was a fun episode. It always is. Always is fun to talk baseball is. with you, my friend. Uh, so we'll close it out there for my co-host Mike Liu. My name is Dave Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Batter's Box.